welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and I die a little at each viewing. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. How are you, darling? I'm fantastic. I'm actually very excited for this week. Uh, uh, We're in week two of November. Uh, this month is called, what is it? How, what, what is the theme? Um, Star, Stage, and Screen. There it is. Last week we watched Dario Argento's opera. Uh, okay. <laughs> what are we watching this week, my dear? Um, we're going to watch something incredibly fun, incredibly short, okay. and incredibly underrated. What do we got? The massive flop at its time, popcorn. Popcorn. That's right. Oh, you mentioned this last week. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that movie. Okay, now I know. I definitely don't know that movie. Okay. So tell me about this movie, dear. Well, it came out in 1991. So it's one of those weird 90s horror films. What do you remember about 91? Anything? Uh, I was 11. We are in the George... Herbert Walker Bush. H.W. H.W. years. Um, his his wife was my favorite first lady of my lifetime. Really? Yeah. She was a librarian. Like, her big thing would be just read. I thought that was... Wasn't W's wife also a librarian? She was a teacher. But she also killed someone. Uh, that is true. Uh, I don't know. She just always reminded me of my grandma. My grandma didn't have white hair. But, like, she was just very, like grandmom like and you could tell that she was just like really sweet but didn't take any shit and it was like mm-hmm. yeah i like her i mean i don't i've never thought about that before my yeah she favorite, was my favorite my favorite first lady might oh might be the throat goat herself <laughs> i just loved how she would Old just like nancy reagan her platform was like yeah our kids need to fucking learn how to read we have a really low reading like the literacy rate is very low and it was like yeah she's not fucking wrong also, yeah. I love to read. Nancy Reagan just had gays decorate everything and then sucked all the dicks. So there you go. I choose her. Okay. <laughs> okay. 1991 is the year that I thought the world was ending. Really? Because I very distinctly remember coming in the living room and my dad was watching um, Desert Storm footage. Oh, yeah. And I was like, he was like, oh, we're at war. And I was like oh, then that must mean that they're going to come over here and fight us. And I remember going outside, like, thinking at any point, these people who had no here idea we who they were were going to show up and start fighting us. And I was terrified for, like, the, the entire day. Well, that Until sucks. I was, my dad taught me that, like, this yeah. is America and, like, you know, we just beat the shit out of everyone. So. Mm, so far. So there you go. 1991 is... Operation Desert Storm. Yes, it was. Right? The Indeed. Uh, there was the year of a ton of IRA bombings in the UK. Correct. Uh, the Rodney King video came out. Yeah. The South African apartheid officially ended. Finally. On, on paper ended, right? You know, you don't just like erase that racism from your culture. Um, That's but true. But all of the official in-law statutes um, mandating uh, racism mm-hmm. were taken away. Were removed. So uh, Boris Yeltsin was put in charge of the Soviet Union, and the USSR collapses, breaking apart at the end of that year. Yep. So there you go. It was the year that we gained Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia and all them. We gained Jeremy Allen White, Lakeith Stanfield, Emma Roberts, Austin Butler, uh, and we lost Klaus Kinski. It's already like 
the most insane human being of all. Yeah, his stories uh, are wild. Next to Michael Landon, the only time those people will ever be mentioned are the same. Unless you're like, who are the most polar opposite people that ever lived? <laughs> Klaus Kinski, and Michael Landon. Yeah. Uh, Lee Remick, David Lean, Miles Davis, and uh, Gene Roddenberry. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Michael here. Landon was hard in my house. Um, uh, he is a native New Jerseyan. He's actually native of my parents' hometown. Like, it, everybody, my parents' age had like a Michael Landon story. In fact, I think I've shared this before. Um, back when they used to do the E! True Hollywood story. Do you remember those of like famous people who died? And Leaf Garrett. Um, well, famous people and Leaf Garrett. And Leaf Garrett. Um, the Michael Landon one was narrated by his childhood best friend, uh, Dr. J. Allen Ferner, who was the superintendent of my school. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Right, there you go. And people sleep on Michael Landon, but like where I'm from in my age, he was a god. People sleep on Michael. I didn't realize we were sleeping on Michael Landon. Yeah. Um, okay. 1991 in movies. There's going to be something here that you're going to go. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the theater. Okay. Uh, the Adams Family. Yeah. Saw that in the theater. Backdraft. <laughs> oh, that movie is important to me for many reasons. That movie goes so hard. Yeah, it kills does. Kurt Russell twice. twice. Yeah, it does. How fucking insane is a movie where it's like what if it bookends with mm. Kurt Russell dying that was my Billy Baldwin phase and like that second Kurt that was death, a good year for Billy Baldwin that second Kurt death when he's like in the back of the ambulance and he's having that moment with Billy Baldwin fucking super sad but I love the touch and backdraft that they're like how do we get across in one shot that Kurt Russell's an alcoholic he lives on a houseboat <laughs> I mean, yeah. It lives on a houseboat. Alcoholics do. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I love that movie. Uh, Cape Fear, Child's Play 3, Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, the Fisher King, Freddy's Dead, Hook. Oh, I love that movie. My Girl. love that movie. New Jack City. I want to think that New Jack City and My Girl are playing at the same time. I mean... It, it, Someone it got was, confused and went to the wrong one. It was the Barbenheimer of its day. <laughs> uh... <laughs> People Under the Stairs, Point Break, um, The Rocketeer, Silence of the Lambs, Terminator 2. Dang. So, yeah, um, we clearly saved the one for last that everyone remembers from 1991. Terminator 2. Uh, Terminator 2, the first rated R movie that I got to see from start to finish in a movie theater. Good for you. So there's that. I got that going for me. Uh, I, I, I kept good grades for a long time to receive that honor. Yay. But there you go. So that was 1991. Um, so popcorn. Popcorn. Never, you've never even heard of this movie. Never even heard of it. There's a good reason it flopped fucking hard when it came out. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm talking, it came out and they were like, what if we just put it in discount theaters? Oh, like the dollar fifty. Like, what if we just yeah. went right to the second run theaters because this movie is failing? Okay, but of course Josh knows all about it. Um, this movie's fun as fuck. And I guarantee you when you're done watching it, you're going to be like, I don't know what your favorite movie of this month will be. Okay. This is my pick for the one that you think will be the most fun. This or the last movie, the other film movie. All right. So we shall see. So tell me about popcorn. Um, there are two directors. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. part of the problem. So they hired Alan Ormsby, um, who gets an uncredited original like directors. He wrote the film too, right? 
Okay. Uh, he also wrote Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, which is one of the greatest titles ever in movies. Yeah, that's uh, insane. Death Dream, which is an incredible movie. Porky's 2, and then... Of Played course, all Bob the Porky. time on fucking Comedy There's Central There's going to be a lot of Porky's, a lot of Porky's talk in this episode. More on that in a minute. <laughs> um, so they hired him, and he shot for three weeks with a, uh, a lead by the name of Amy O'Neill. Okay. And then, after three weeks, they fired him and fired Amy O'Neill. <laughs> And hired a new lead and a new director. Okay. And then reshot all of Amy O'Neill's scenes with an actress we'll talk about in a second. What did Amy um, O'Neill do? And then, so almost all, yeah. So basically they hired Mark Harrier, um, who only ever directed this movie. <laughs> so you know it's going to be a great they movie. They fired Alan Ormsby and they were like, let's hire this guy who has no directing experience, um, who was really only known as Billy and Porky's. Porky's 2 and Porky's Revenge. Okay. Um, so there you go. They they hired a Porky's actor to replace okay. Alan Ormsby. Wow. Um, I, I'm just sitting here like, okay. And then okay. Alan Ormsby kept a writing credit, but he's credited as Todd Hackett. Not his name. Okay. Yeah. His pseudonym. Um, here's what's weird. <laughs> this that movie. Here's what's weird. The cinematography of this movie. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Taylor, who did opera. <laughs> Oh, so that's going to be familiar. It's so weird. It's such a weird connect. There's like a really fun connection. I was trying to figure out how. And there's a really sad connection to opera in this movie. Oh, that's the fun one. What's the sad one? Oh, we'll get there in a second. Okay. And it's sad. Um, So the score is by Paul Zaza, who did Prom Night, My Bloody Valentine, Porky's, Curtains, A Christmas Story. So you've heard his music a fucking thousand times. Uh, Hello, Mary. Yes, I have. Prom Night I do 2, love that movie. Prom Night Three and Prom Night Four. He's basically okay. So we know holding down the Prom Night franchise, right. giving it a little uh, continuity okay. with the music there. Uh, okay, so the cast. Okay, uh, Jill Sholin. Um, Jill is plays Maggie. She was in The Stepfather. She's in Cutting Class. Okay, she's in When a Stranger Calls Back. Um, she was hired three weeks into production. She had to come in. A lot of the shots of her are like singles because they'd already shot all the wides. <laughs> so they just inserted her into scenes. Oh, okay. Now, you know that now you'll be looking for it. Yeah. So maybe I should have waited until yeah. you after the okay. movie. It is what it is. Um, this movie's kind of pieced together, but it's fucking so much fun. Um, okay. Are you ready for the sad connection? I guess. Tom Villard. Okay. Tom Villard. Tell me about Tom Tom Villard, Villard uh, plays Toby. Uh, he was in One Crazy Summer. He was in Heartbreak Ridge. He was Justin and My Girl. Um, Justin Tom was a, and My Girl. Tom Arkansas. was a gay man. Okay. And uh, this movie came out in 1994, or 1991. He died in 1994 from AIDS. Okay. Um, very similar to Ian Charlson that we talked about last, last week. Last week, yes. Um, but any time I found anything written about, because like, I have this weird thing where i'm like i want to see a popcorn poster that tom villard signed before he passed away like it's just, i don't want to own one because it would the cost would be astronomical because there only has to be like three <laughs> but like All i right. just want to see his signature on a fucking popcorn poster um because he's the best character in this movie you haven't seen it yet so it may not um, exist honey it may not so if you have one please let me know i'd like to see it <laughs> Uh, but everyone that talks about this movie and talk about Tom Villard and any role he's done, we talked about how he was just like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
No one deserves died to die at forty away. from HIV/AIDS. So, Probably alone. Yep. God. So, okay. Um, horror, horror's mom's in this movie. Everyone's favorite. Horror oh, mom. Dean yes. Wallace. Dean. Wa- okay. So she plays Suzanne. Um, of course she does. She's the. She's an ET. She's in Cujo. She's in Critters. Playing moms and all those things. She's also in The Howling. Not yet playing a mom. <laughs> there you go. Um, Derek Rydell plays Mark. He was Eric, the Phantom, in, in Phantom. Phantom of the Mall. Oh, Eric's Revenge. Uh, that movie. That movie. That movie. Like, what if we did like a Phantom of the Opera, but it's in a shopping mall? Yeah, why wouldn't we? Because it, it's the eighties. Yes, it's the most eighties I mean. ever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Jo Minter. I just want to point her out. She plays Cheryl. Um, she was in Summer School, Nightmare on Elm Street Five. The People Under the Stairs, and The Lost Boys. She's in all of these things. These are all seem to be like the same credits as last week. Or am I... No, no, no. Am no, I wrong? No, no. Last week it was all like European actors who had done like one thing here and there. Or, okay. like, or like stage actors. These all are right. like younger people who did like genre films. Gotcha. Like, all right. Right. All right. Go ahead. Uh, and then just kind of keep an eye out for Ray Walston, who plays Mr. Hand in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. And Poop Deck Pappy in the Popeye movie, Robin Williams. <laughs> I just wanted the chance to poop say Deck Poop Pappy. Deck Pappy. Because it's just fun to say. Say Poop Deck Pappy to yourself. Poop Deck Pappy. Poop Deck Pappy. Poop Deck Pappy. Uh, what? Do you, do you feel happy when you say it? Yeah. You do. I do. Uh, and then Tenny Roberts um, is in this movie as well. He's one of those guys that you see, and I'm like, I feel like I've seen him in like 700 things. Uh, he's in the Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. He's in Serpico. He's in Annie Hall. He basically, he was like, weirdly in the 70s and early 80s, he was like in every fucking um, Woody Allen movie. Okay. So, it's just a weird thing for you. So, there you go. Um, that's Popcorn in a Nutshell. I'm really excited to watch it. Um, I think this is also on Shutter. While you're pulling up the poster that I sent you, I'm just yes. going to say this. The tagline for this movie, there's the one on the poster, which isn't as much fun as the one that, like... The other We're one. About, okay. So, which is, buy a bag, go home in a box. Oh, okay. So, this is the part of the po- this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a movie. And you just started laughing. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, <laughs> shows me an original movie poster and I try to predict the meaning. This is ridiculous. So, there's a... Okay. I want to pull it up because I want to share in this with so you. So, there's a skeleton yes. wearing a suit... Pulling the like a mask away from its face of a girl crying, but she doesn't have a forehead or the top of her head. And the skeleton has these eyes. They look like big googly eyes. And I think it's just bad affecting. The possessor, 15 years ago, he murdered his family on stage and burned down the theater. Tonight, he's back for an encore. So that's what I'm going to say this movie is about. Okay. <laughs> like it just says it on the trailer, on the poster. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I will say this just because I think you'll find this interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was for like money, tax break, cheaper to shoot their reasons. Where was it There's shot? There's a lot of reggae in this movie because this movie was shot in Jamaica. Oh, really? They just took a bunch of like white kids down and they're like, pretend you're at school. <laughs> really yeah it's almost all shot in like one location so you could have got away with it anywhere but yeah they shot this movie in jamaica (laughs) okay 
this is going to be a wild ride. Okay, well, yeah, it is. Uh, like you said, we're, we're Shutter, probably your best place. This movie fucking ruled. I, I have an autographed poster of this. Of course you do, darling. Of uh, course you do. Bring it on. I'm here for it. Popcorn. All right. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. I was amazed at this movie how quickly I remembered um, the actress from Head of the Class. Like in the first part of the episode when you mentioned all the acting, she said, oh, Head of the Class. And I was like, oh, I wonder which one she was. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's her. That's it. I remember yeah. now. Um, okay. I'm going to give this a little bit of a uh, uh, frame of reference for the listener. All right. So Cindy is in her 40s. Had, <laughs> Cindy's in her 40s. She remembers head of the um, class. <clears throat> we had uh, friends over for a uh, weekend horror movie marathon. Yes. Uh, triple feature. Um, Saturday, this past Saturday, um, before Halloween. And the plan was we were going to do three different movies mm-hmm. that weren't the ones we ended up watching. There was oh, a yeah, curveball. They were all. Because of like, well, we watched the first one we were supposed to watch. And then. We ended up watching a different second movie because people, like, had to leave and other people showed up as a whole thing. Um, And then for the third and last film, we were like, well, the next podcast movie is Popcorn. Do you just want to watch Popcorn? And Sydney was like, yeah, let's watch. So we ended up watching it kind of with friends. Yeah, I was going to say, and our friend was very excited to watch. I'm going to go with is the best way to watch this movie is with With enthusiastic people. people. Like... This is a movie that's fun alone, but it's even more fun with other people. Okay. This is I'd a agree. crowd movie. This movie is really fun. <laughs> like, yeah. every time I rewatch it, I'm like, yeah, this movie is more fun than I remember it being. Uh, I, get, I mean, yeah, it was, on the, it was on the fun side rather than the horror side. I'll give you that. There was no, like, you know, people getting their eyeballs taped open. Or <laughs> right, with stabbed. little needles. No one gets cut in the throat. Like, there's horror stuff in this movie, but it's really fun mm-hmm. horror stuff um this movie's just fucking super fun uh do you want to walk us through what happens in popcorn um i'll do my best so there a uh struggling film department decides to put on a um sci- a b a b-roll 
sci-fi movie marathon at a soon-to-be-torn-down movie house. It's going to be torn down in like two weeks. However, (laughs) how do I bring in... I'm trying to figure out a way. How... (sighs) Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. Let's just, I can't, however, hijinks ensue. Um, and that will be how I kind of wrap that up because a lot of things kind of start happening. Uh, <laughs> hmm. I mean, there's a man with the faces that's, but he was in the direct. And, uh, and then that guy, was the old man, the guy wearing a face too? It was Toby the entire time. He was oh, all he was all of it. That does time. Okay, that okay. That does change. Okay. Okay. So I'm. I'll walk. I spent a through. lot of time wondering where that old man went. Let me so. read you the IMDb synopsis, and then I will break down. Yeah, I kind of wandered off there, what guys. Happened in this movie. Uh, so the IMDb synopsis is a master of disguise, right? Dana Carvey. Uh, deranged killer begins killing off college students who are organizing a horror movie marathon in an abandoned theater which it's not abandoned it's it, just that's what i mean torn down. yeah uh okay what I mean. so there is a film department in a los angeles school right i.e jamaica um <laughs> there is a lot it of doesn't even music. look at all like in the wide shots of the city uh nothing looks like california um, yeah but that's true as well so it's this film, struggling film department, and they're like, you know, we're trying. Every new department has to do something to get put on the map, and that's why we get the short shift. So, well, they I mean, all decide that to true. raise money for their department and mm-hmm. also be able to do a couple little short films off of um, putting on a horror movie marathon, specifically like these old um, William Castle movies that had a gimmick around them. Right. right. Oh, that was the other. Yeah, yeah. So there's like the mosquito, which is my favorite of the three that we see, because there's the mosquito, which is a yeah. giant like. 50s irradiated enormous it's like in, normal creature it's and the a, gimmick there is that it's in 3d and then uh at the end these big giant mosquitoes like come flying down yes on wires um and then in, in the 50s so here's the thing like people have to understand before i keep explaining the plot of this movie young people um how there's now a craze for like the f- horror films of the 80s and like a lot of this 90s craze in the 80s, it was the 50s that was everyone was doing, right? Mm-hmm. Because all of the filmmakers who made your favorite horror films of the 80s were raised on science fiction horror from the 50s. Right, so they wanted to kind of emulate right? that. So there was this, like, massive love for this 50s stuff. So that's why that when this movie comes out, there's a throwback to this 50s schlocky filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So and, and 3D really, I mean, that's the gimmick we know because it's still kind of exists the one that yeah that's the one that kind um, of held on the i forget the title held of the, on the second most, film it's the one that the guy the, sm- the, the smell of vision no it's the one where the guy has the electrical powers oh and he's right like killing people with electricity and they zap the seats and they had the shocking seats that right? was a real thing they used to shock people's seats um no thank you they also have oh you're forgetting the there were 3d glasses for the mosquito but also like they threw the giant mosquito on the line out that's what i said like the giant i just said that oh yeah it was 3d and then but then at the end yeah. they swing it down on wires yeah it's just huge I just thing. said that uh sorry. now he's not paying attention i'm paying attention i'm just like you're in your you're just excited i'm i'm excited excited and for popcorn babe. I've, I've been working all day my brain is tired yeah um and then the third one is the smell of vision one where it's the Japanese dubbed film about the horrible smells coming about. Right. And, and 
they're these little nose, you know, like clothespins, but then they they have like a little scent thing on them. Yeah. And then they have these little scent, like um, stink bombs that the, you know, they put through the air vents at certain times to bring <laughs> like gross, decaying human body smell. So there's, um, Ray Walston's character has all of the equipment to make these things happen, right? Because he used to be in the show business, the, right. the theater business. That is correct. That's well. That's and, the premise, um, or the, what we're told. So, when they're unpacking all this stuff to set it up, they find a reel of film. That's like a. It's like a one reel, like almost like a trailer. The, size. That, that's right. I forgot about that. This experimental movie, and they're like, "Oh, the guy who made it was part of a film cult, which I enjoy a film right. cult." Um, and he basically had made a short film. People laughed at it, so he shot a film that didn't have an ending. And the ending was him killing, killing his, his wife and family on stage. Um, but then there was a fire and they could never find the body. It was a whole thing. And then uh, and the- Joe Sholin's mom, right. who turns out to be her aunt, because spoiler alert, Joe Sholin was the little girl. Was the girl. The daughter right. of the film cult leader who burned up. She well, starts but- seeing him because yeah. he's like appearing to her and like calling and he captures like... Um, her mom slash Andy Wallace and they're like oh is this going to be like a phantom type situation where this guy's like haunting the theater where they're putting on the show and that's a total red herring because what we find out as people are getting like because we have like two or three murders um, and we're like oh it's that guy it's actually Toby the most innocent like assistant director him person um played by tom villard who is this like incredibly sweet dude who we find out was also his family was also in that film cult but uh but his, he was there when d wallace shot him shot did, the dad, and took the daughter and then the, everything burned down but he didn't get out he got burned up his mom right. died his mom and died. He got severely burned and he had to live his life as like this burn victim freak always having like skin grafts that wouldn't take and he's like a monster and they put like literally it's like four to five hours of like in chair makeup work oh really to make him have that the flapster look yeah of like someone it's like a solid solid burn victim look that um he looks like a meatball like a fucked up meatball and his whole thing is like he's a master of disguise who can mold people's faces and uses a little thing years before scream does it where he can change his voice and other people's voices. Oh, yeah. And he that was um, is just killing all these kids because he's going to... He's trying to get find... Get down to where it's just him and Jill Sholin, and he's going to reenact that night, and this time he's going to kill Jill, the right. way she was supposed to die. And Rather than his mom. He'll move on to the next day of his life where he gets to be a normal person. Does it make sense? No. no. But, but he's know, crazy. It's not supposed to make sense. Right. And then around this, there's like jokes. And we, you know, we meet Jill Sholin's kind of boyfriend. There's a running joke. He just keeps getting the shit beat out of him. Like yeah. every opportunity, like he gets bit that by a true. dog. He gets knocked out by that big dude. He gets, he constantly, his big dude who just split. stands up and sits next to his, the girl that he came right? with. Like he can't, he can't fucking win. And then you have like the fun little drama of like all the people in the film class who, you grow to kind of like, and then mm-hmm. the, like the one girl who likes Toby, and then oh, yeah. Toby's just killing them, pretending to be them to kill the other ones. Uh, and then it basically, 
as we go through the three films, my favorite being the Mosquito one. Right. Um, God bless the U.S. of A. <laughs> um, they were so goofy. It ends with him on stage, and he's going to kill Jill. And then the boyfriend slides down the thing. And again, they don't even give him the hero's landing. Like, he, he passes them and goes through, like, a bunch of shit. Yeah. And then that causes the giant mosquito to come loose and then kill Tom. Stabs Kill Toby. Uh, and that's what saves the day. Like, a total accident by <laughs> our, not even our hero, by our hero's boyfriend. The then, boyfriend who showed up with another girl because she had to work at the show that he wanted to go to. Well... It's not entirely that because she, he's like, so when are you going to have time for me? And she's like, I don't even know. And he's like, okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm just I like, it, it's weird how they 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 veer off. They even set that up. Yeah. For him to just come immediately I, back. I didn't I didn't get the vibe that they were boyfriend and girlfriend more so as like he was really interested in her. And she was just kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. It's almost And he like, was just like chasing her. It's almost like the entire cast had shot several weeks of a movie and then Jill Shoulder was brought in to replace Oh, them. that's right. That's right. <laughs> and they had to shoot a lot of single shit of her to make it make sense. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that aspect. Um, I'm going to say this. This movie is so good, especially once you know all the problems that were happening behind. You're like, the fact that this movie is even coherent, let alone as fun as it is is impressive yeah that because of all the changes and insanity like you change directors and you change lead actor two or three weeks into production and then you scrap those shots and then you come in and just reshoot every literally what was um I'm trying to remember the movie so when they were shooting this right they flew jill in to jamaica because like i said they shot this movie in jamaica she had left the set of rich girl and flew straight right. there, got off the plane. And that first scene where she's like asleep, she yeah. was actually asleep because she hadn't slept. <laughs> Poor thing. So like, it's just like, boom, and you're in it. It's the same thing with like, what was it? They were doing, um, why Nick Cage seems so tired in Con Air. Where he's yes. just like, <sighs> he was, cause he was coming right from another shoot. He shot face off. Face off yeah. And then he left face off. And then 12 hours later was shooting Con yep. Air. <laughs> He's working actors, his man. Entire, like his entire like energy in Con Air is, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I got so fucking tired. Yeah. So, um, this movie is fun because this movie is nostalgia for right? you. Well, I mean, it's well, very, I mean, it's, it's nostalgia it's, if you yeah. if you grew up watching like these '50s horror and science fiction B movies, like you know, um, them, like you and our friend the, did, the giant irradiated ants, right? that go go through the desert and they're going like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> or even like night of the lepus about the giant killer rabbits like giant killer monster like giant killer regular size or um items regular uh, animals was like a thing it was like a mm-hmm. subgenre i've seen a lot of those with the <laughs> with mystery science theater 3000 exactly, right and the fact that they openly are like we know these are tropes and we play really fun with that and these like films within a film is really fun and then, like, Toby is just really fun. Like, I love Jill Sholin as an actress, but, like, Tom Villard is the best part about this movie. Yes. Yeah. Right? It, Especially, like, once yes. he's, like, doing all of his goofy shit and, like, hamming it up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was burned alive! And he's, like, throwing his <laughs> arms all over the place. You're like, if if this dude hadn't died a couple years after this, like, his career would have been probably immense. 
Oh, that's right. He died of AIDS. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Like, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was fun. I thought of it as a B-rated movie, making fun of other B-rated movies kind of a thing or the history of them. But that's about it. It was fun. It was, you know, very silly and not realistic, but that's okay. I do enjoy the fact that the the character that we think is going to be our villain, right? Like mm-hmm. the dad, the one that we always see in that like strip of film. Um, they based that off a real guy. Like the look okay, and kind of like the way it was shot. They based it off of, I forget the actor director's name, but he's a South American actor director and he has a stage name of Coffin Joe. And he did these ridiculous movies and it's very based on Coffin Joe. Um, which I find really entertaining that they were like, how about some like schlocky B movie, even like the main bad guy is based off like a schlocky B movie. They're all based on, so like if you know what you're talking about, like this is a very enjoyable movie. Right. It would be like, what if we made a monster movie where the monster was a vampire played by like Joe Bob Briggs? (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. And then everyone's just kind of like, so this is meant to be super fun, right? <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, all in all. Now, would you watch this with your kids? I don't think they would want to sit through it. Um, I would watch this with the older generation. I think they would really like How that. You just always call her the older generation. Well, watch her with the ancient one. She is the ancient one, my so. grandmother. My grandmother type. Um, um, now, exploitation film. I think it counts. Okay. I think it is. I think it definitely is um does it have action a man gets speared to death with a giant mosquito yes yes he does twice yeah no three times like the teacher gets it tom Ballard gets it at the right. end of the movie oh that's right i forgot about the teacher in the first and the film within a film it stabs its beak through the top of the truck and into the guy's head and right. does that gag where it's like i suck into his head yep um so there's that it's got an action ending with, like, bananas, like, stage show shit. And, like, Tom Villard with that knife. Um, it's got... I mean, I, I want to say this movie is revolutionary in the fact that it is a fun spin on a Phantom of the Opera type movie. Okay. It does... For a movie that is short as it is, it does a really good job of selling a red herring. Right? You really think that the bad guy is her dad. Right. But he's not... And he then, was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, he's been dead the whole time. Right. It's actually like the guy you didn't expect I was at trying all. to think when I finally was like, no, that can't be right. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Um, there's killing a lot. But like acceptable fun, like kids could watch killing. Um, oratory. There's a lot of fun, like Tom Villard lines. There's a lot of fun, like Ray, um, Ray Walston lines. There's uh just remember what is the uh the one girl's like everyone always wonders how i get straight a's i'm always doing oh that's right credit. yes gross it's like, gross no one's trying to fuck you tony roberts gross uh, <laughs> um fantasy yeah yeah i would hope so I hope there's no like For- victims walking around planning their vengeance at a movie theater with rubber um, masks for faces fornication kind i think this movie they talk is a as good game sexy we, we got be. we got quiet for a minute to be like uh, i think this movie is as sexy as it could be 
within the context of a movie theater. Because even like when we watch Demons, Demons had a hard time like justifying like any sexy stuff because you're in a movie theater. Yeah. Right? Like like there there's definitely like kids like hitting on each other and when i say kids i mean like people in their 20s playing teenagers right because that's because that's how it works movie in the 80s and 90s um she's 27 playing 17 um but there's a lot of flirting there's a lot of that one girl like definitely being like i'm getting fucked by him right um so yeah i'll give it to it it it, it a lot of heavy petting yeah yeah <laughs> It's another grandma term. That's why I think they'd enjoy it. I, I enjoyed this movie. I think this movie is really, really fun. Not going to be my favorite movie of the month. But it's fun. But it is probably the funnest. So what are we watching next week, dear? Um, we are watching the movie that I used popcorn to break up. Um, because. Oh. Well. I just got. No, no, no. It was. Remember, we talked about when we did opera that the other movie is Italian oh, right. from the same year with some of the same crew as opera. And I was like, I don't want to do like, because if we did them back to back, it would be too much like, hey, these are the same movie. I wanted there really to be some space between them because they are very different in a lot of ways, but also very similar in a lot of ways. So it's uh, Michelle Suave's Stage Fright. Stage Fright. Also Italian. All right. In honor well, of your mom going to Italy. <laughs> Until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Popcorn.